Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. But, and we have our guest Latoya. So Latoya, we always start off with a random scenario before we kind of get into things. Are you ready for this random scenario? I don't know. Yes, <laughs> I think so. Okay, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, random scenario. Um, <laughs> I've been having these thoughts of like when you have to be stuck with something. Okay, so say if you had to watch the same movie over, and I think I've seen this on a meme, if you had to watch one movie for a week, and it was the only movie you could watch, and you had to keep watching something, what movie would it be? Hands down, Love and Basketball. That's my favorite movie. Uh, <laughs> one of those. Yes. <laughs> my boyfriend what the jerseys, and I was like, do we have to wear this? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Sanaa Lathan. She's a really good uh, actress. Definitely. And, I played basketball in high school, so it kind of resonates and I can, you know, understand it. So I can watch it every day, not get tired. Nice. That's for sure one of those movies that you just like, let it go, let it go. It can keep on playing it over and over. Right. You know? <laughs> so Myra, what about you? What's your movie? Uh, my movie would be Where the Heart Is. A lot of people don't know about that movie. It's basically <gasps> about this girl. You know about it? Yes. What? Go ahead. How somebody knows about this movie. That's my favorite movie. I love that movie too. It's so good. Whenever I tell people about it, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that movie. It's where she has the baby in the store, right? In Walmart, yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. I haven't seen that in so long. I know. Me either. I love that movie, actually. Really? Yeah. I'm so shocked. People never know what I'm talking about. <laughs> A lot of people don't know about the movie, though, I will admit, because anytime I've, even, because I, I be forgetting the name until I hear it, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, the one movie, the tornado, like, you know, <laughs> they don't know. I love Probably it. the first answer is like, Twister? Like, no. <laughs> Not that right. Not that <laughs> what about you, Donika? Um, I'm thinking like something is long, so we can, you know, get this time kind of going, going by. I would say The Temptations, because The Temptations is long. Uh, that's good. <laughs> and I like the, you know, I like the songs and, like, you know, you kind of have some music kind of going, so I will say The Temptations. That's a smart choice. Yeah, right, that's a good. At least you'll be able to dance the whole entire time. True. <laughs> and she loves to dance, so it works out perfectly. Perfect. <laughs> All right, y'all. So today's guest is Latoya. Latoya is an author, speaker, and inner healing coach. Her goal is to help women post-abortion break the cycles of self-sabotage so they can experience healing in their relationships. Latoya does work via her one-on-one coaching program, retreat, and speaking engagement, and we are so happy to have her today. So let's go ahead and dive in and have you tell us about your journey um, to become an inner healing coach, and just tell us a little bit about yourself. What should we know about you? Okay. Well, like you said, my name is Latoya Matthews, and I am an author, a transformational speaker, and an inner healing coach. And never did I think I would be an inner healing coach. Of course, you know, at the age of 18, I found myself 
pregnant, getting ready to start college. On a, I had a choice between a basketball scholarship and a tennis scholarship. And I was just like, you know, this, I just have so much going, you know, on right now. And I didn't have a good situation at home. So I was like, this is going to be my best thing to do. And so um, I found myself, you know, going to the abortion clinic and having an abortion and just walking in, just being alone at that time and sitting in the lobby just again alone and filling out this paperwork by myself with no one there you know with me waiting for my name to be called and after the procedure found myself going shopping I don't know who does that but I went shopping after having my procedure to get ready for my freshman year in college and so that's kind of where my journey began after that moment that night when I had my breakdown just crying and just asking God, I can't, you know, believe what I just did. And just really asking myself, like, what did you just do? And so kind of fast forward, I now have a 12-year-old daughter, which I love. And she's like, everybody says she's like Latoya Jr. Um, so, you know, that's good. And so, um, and I'm, I'm married. I've been married. This year would be 14 years um, to my loving husband um so and just god has been so good so you know that's just a little bit about me yeah thank you for sharing that and y'all can find her there's not very many um people out there that are supportive in this um time that women may be going through um so i suggest like you reach out to her she's easy to find on instagram um and thank you for sharing your story because you didn't have to do that you could have just skipped over that part but thank you for sharing that thank you um, so with Mother's Day coming up, um, it, it could possibly be hard for some of our listeners, um, whether it be loss of a mother or other reasons, but we want to focus on those who have had this experience we're talking about today. Um, so what are some ways those who have had this experience can support themselves on a holiday um, where they aren't really acknowledged? And we're right now we're in a time that is really different than what a normal holiday would look like. Mm -hmm. And so I would suggest a woman being able to support herself during a holiday time is really learning how to celebrate herself. Cause I don't think us as women, no matter what we go through, celebrate ourselves enough. So just taking time, whether it be by yourself, cooking yourself dinner, running that bubble bath, just getting that relaxation time, whether, it, you know, if you need to cry, cry. If you want to dance, dance, but just find a way to really support yourself, you know, by yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you have that community of people, you know, we're in a quarantine time right now. So with the holiday approaching, find those that you are very close to, that you know don't have a problem with your decision and having a virtual Mother's Day get together. Mm -hmm. You know, just really being able to get that support that you need for yourself. And one of the things that I would also say is, we don't do this enough either, but if you're having a hard time, write a letter, like a confession of the heart type deal, 
or to the unborn, writing a letter on Mother's Day of how you may feel. Because writing that letter could be the very thing that release what you've been holding on to. I appreciate you saying that. Um, just a little transparency. So I have done some work with Latoya. So that is how she came onto this podcast. Um, and she, we only had like one conversation. And from that conversation, what she kept talking about was community. And I think that really stuck with me because she kept letting me know and reminding me that if you feel like someone is, you know, not supportive of your decision and they might trigger you, then you really need to reflect, take some time. What do I need to do for myself? Whether that be, and she didn't give me like any straightforward answer, but she was like, really consider what you need to do in that situation. And so for me, what that looked like was kind of backing off a little bit rather than having phone calls with certain people, it would be text messages. And so I just wanted to thank you for that. And I noticed like you really pushed like community and the importance of that and examining your community. And I feel like that is important because it was what I needed to hear from you. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And community is very important to me because even when I had my procedure, I remember telling someone that I thought was a friend and she went and told someone else. So that just kind of broke all the trust that I had and caused me to go into isolation and kind of like a hermit in his, a hermit crab going into a shell. I just kind of started protecting myself. And I just knew the way I felt. I didn't want other women to have to go through the same thing. Just knowing that they didn't have anyone that they can go to and not have that community. and to have that confidentiality that's necessary at times like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what are the most common ways that you've maybe seen women deal with guilt and shame around abortions? Ooh. Some, even for myself, some of the ways that I have seen and I've heard other women say is the isolation, you know, putting up a wall, just guarding themselves because when you build that wall you wall yourself in and so it's like you want to protect yourself so you find yourself sabotaging relationships because you think everybody is out against you and you know i've even heard women um they get jealous and envious because they're kind of stuck where, where they seem like they're stuck but all their friends and everyone else is just kind of moving on with life. And they're wondering why, you know, why can't I move on? What's, you know, what's wrong with me? And then of course you have the shame and the guilt and the regret and just being, feeling like a failure, like you failed the child that you gave up. And so, so those are some of the things that really people deal with. Definitely. And that also makes me think about, um, for me and my experience, when I would see other people pregnant, it was very triggering. Or when I see people like post their pictures of their babies, like those were experiences where I'd be so excited. Whereas now I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, did you have to post that? And it's just like, again, like their life is going on in my life. I still felt stuck. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like I, like you question a lot of things and you feel like, I don't know how I feel. Like, what is this? Right. And, and then you're like, you know, you have some women, just like you just said, it's a trigger. And they're like, I really don't want to be around kids. You know, you almost kind of feel like yep. something's wrong with you for not wanting to be, you know, around kids. But it's just a trigger. And sometimes you feel that way because 
like you said, you don't really know how to deal with it. And when you don't know how to deal with it, you kind of just, your behavior kind of changes toward situations and the thoughts that you have. Yeah, definitely. Um, Donika, did you want to ask anything or say anything? No, I just think that, um, like the guilt and shame feeling makes me think about how, how it probably comes in different waves. Mm -hmm. So maybe not immediately, maybe like even a year or a few years later, you might start noticing that, you know, that guilt feeling is coming up and maybe it wasn't there first or maybe it went away and it came back. So it's like this wave of guilt and shame. Right. Because you always have a trigger and then you even have women that feel guilty for not feeling regretful. And that's okay. You don't have to feel regretful for the decision that you made. And they start feeling guilty because they don't feel like they think they should feel. Yeah. yeah. You know, should I, I feel guilty because I don't really feel bad about this, but that's okay. You don't have to feel bad about that. And you know, you don't only get the shame and guilt with, because of the decision, but you also get the gain, the guilt and shame because you don't feel a certain way like everybody or, you know, like you think you should feel. Yeah, for sure. Um, transitioning into our next question, uh, we were curious about like how your mind is affected after experiences these bodily changes. And I know that's something I had talked to you about because I was like, I'm so confused because I've always been so small and then I kind of just like blew up. Well, what was blowing up to me and it was just confusing. So I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. When it comes to like the, with your mind and your body changes and things like that, you have a different, a series of different things that usually happen. Um, of course, one is like your hormones are out of whack because I think now procedures are done differently from what they were usually, how they usually were done. Mm -hmm. And so the pills that they give you kind of make your hormones out of, out of whack. And some people bleed for a length of time and some people don't. And so, and then also the guilt and shame plays a part in that too, because I can remember after I had my procedure for like seven or eight years, there would be this pain that I had in my stomach, like the lower part of my stomach. Mm -hmm. And it was almost just kind of like a reminder, like a punishment for what I had done. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my pastor gave she had us to read The True Measure of a Woman by Lisa Bevere. And there was two questions in that book. And it was like, what is it in your closet that you need to clean out? And what do you have to offer to other people? And so I knew this was like God telling me that it was about time for me to stop hiding and start to get the healing that I need. And I said that that one thing I needed to clean out was my abortion. But then when it said, what do you have to offer to other people? I said, I remember writing, crying, just saying, I don't have anything to offer to anybody. Like I didn't feel valuable. And then, but it wasn't until I went to my pastor and we had the conversation after reading that chapter. And I told her that I had prayed every night, you know, dealing with the pain in my stomach. And, and I prayed every night asking God to forgive me every day for like seven or eight years. I prayed every day. And finally, she said, when you prayed the very first time, God heard you. And it was like immediately when she said that, I've never had any pain anymore in my stomach. Wow. 
And it was just like, when we, the unforgiveness piece and the things that we think mentally affects our body, which affects the hormones, which, you know, causes things to be out of balance. Because I even know of women who have shared that because of their decision and what they think of themselves, they're not able to conceive. They think God is punishing them because they can't have children. And so that mind body piece, you're going through so many things. And it's so true that, you know, what the Bible says, what a man thinketh it is hard, so is he. So if you think you're a bad person, it begins to affect how you feel about yourself, how you look at, how you look at yourself, and it affects how your body functions. And so if you're thinking negative, you're going to have all these negative things that happen in, mm-hmm. that you start to feel in your body. I appreciate you saying that because I kept telling myself that I was sick and I just kept saying, I feel sick. I feel, um, I can't remember the other word and I would just feel it in my stomach. Like every day my stomach always hurt and then my back was always hurting, but it was like a stomach ache where it was like, it just felt like it was never going to go away. I was like, what is that? Like, and I started thinking it's because I keep saying like, I'm sick. Cause what mm-hmm. I did was sick. I made a sick choice. So now my body is feeling sick. And so I really had to reflect and be like, Myra, like you really got to take some time and pause and really, and I did a lot of like praying about it and like releasing it. And I feel like me releasing that I'm sick, I started feeling a lot better. So I appreciate you like highlighting that because I hadn't even like put those two together. Right. Because, you know, just like running water, as long as water is running, you know, it's fresh. Right. But once it comes to a standstill, it starts building up all this stuff and be, you know, toxins and stuff. And the same thing with our bodies. Um, those negative thoughts create toxins in our body. Mm-hmm. And when we think about the shame and the guilt and we're beating ourselves up, that's eating away, you know, at our insides. And so, you know, I know people who have, you know, you gain weight, you eat because of again, your hormones are out of balance, but you're also thinking these things about you and you're like, guilt guilt eating or shame eating and things like that yeah thank you so much for bringing uh, awareness to that piece of it because I think sometimes that um you know we don't think about it and people are not aware that not only like mentally but like physically your body is going through a transition and also how you talk about how the mind and the body play it plays a very strong part of working together for the healing of it yeah Exactly. And that's why being around people support your support system and having that community is so important because I need to, it's my duty. I feel like to reaffirm you, to let you know, you're still a good person. We've all fallen short. We have all making, all made mistakes and I need to extend that same grace and mercy that's been extended to me so that you can get to where you want to be in life, get the healing that you need, because as long as you're sitting by yourself, then those thoughts are just going to run through your mind. Absolutely. Um, I know we kind of already been talking about different ways to begin a journey of healing, but if you can kind of center on like your thoughts of what are some ways one even begins their journey to healing, uh, that would be great. One way that, well, some ways that women can begin their journey I think, not I think, but I know the first step is really taking the time to honestly take accountability for what's been done. It's been done, you know, 
no matter what the reason was, we did that and just being honest with yourself. Because like for me and so many other women that I've, you know, spoken with, you know, we begin to rationalize and say, you know, Mm -hmm. the situation with my family wasn't well or I wasn't in the right environment or I didn't want to have a child with this guy. You know, we begin to rationalize, but then we have to take accountability and say, you know what? I did what I did and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for me to take ownership and begin to get the healing that I need. And the only way that you can get that is by wanting it. You know, there's a quote that says, and I may misquote it, but, um, but it says that when you're ready to learn, the teacher will appear. Ooh. You know, And when you're ready to heal, the person that is meant to help you will show up. And that all comes from self-awareness. We can continue to sit there and let it, ta- let it happen, or we, be- we can begin to take steps. And when you make the first step, then doors will be open for you to get what you need. And I think that's so important you know, with that and also just being open. Because like, even for me, it was, yeah, I had someone that I didn't trust, but I needed to know also that there are other people out there that can be trusted. And so I had, I built the wall, but now I had to tear the wall down by faith and trust it and know that I live in a world that's not perfect. People are going to hurt me, but I need to learn how to navigate through that and see how I can get through that. So it's all about being open and just being ready to take the step, regardless of what you think is going to happen. Just trust the process. Oh, that's some powerful words, Miss Latoya. <laughs> I feel like you laid that out so simply too. Like it wasn't anything too big or too hard to grasp. It was just take accountability and start moving. Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Um, what what are some things, Latoya, you think you would remind people to re- that you would say to remind yourself daily? as you're going through this journey? Well, I have what I call, I have a coach and she gave me what I call, what she calls prescription affirmations. And Mm -hmm. that's just making affirmations from scripture. So, you know, just saying, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am not where I want to be, but uh, I'm still moving. You know, just saying that, you know, just reaffirming who I am, but I just want to make it clear that band-aids are, uh, affirmations are not band-aids. They're not just there to cover up a wound. You still have to do the work. And so that's, you know, one of the things just really reaffirming myself, waking up and being able to embrace who I am and not looking in the mirror saying, I really don't like this person that I see, but just making a step to say, I love everything about you. You know, speaking to myself in the mirror, I love everything about you, Latoya. You're still a good person, Latoya. Just reaffirming yourself. And one of the other things that I had to do was just really pray and ask God to give me eyes to see myself as he saw me. Mm. Because when everybody else can see something in you, but if you don't see it for yourself, it's hard for you to grasp it. And so I really had to just again, it came down to community and just having people that wouldn't let me settle, wouldn't let me and 
back myself back into that corner and I didn't want to be back you know in that place and still it all just boils down to community and just having my husband my pastor just really not let me be who I used to be yeah that was powerful I feel like I would have met a loss for words (laughs) (laughs) I'm at a loss for words I like how you said um I like the part about uh, seeing you, how God sees you. Um, Cause I feel like, you know, God sees us as perfect. And oftentimes we're so hard on ourselves that we don't see ourselves as any other way besides how we see ourselves. Exactly. So even take the time to try and view yourself in that light can be so difficult. But I feel like once you do it, I feel like you can move mountains and do some stuff. <laughs> exactly. Because you can't move beyond the opinion that you have of yourself. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't move beyond what you, you know, what you see and what you, you know, think about yourself. And I just want to say that it's just so important also that if you know anybody that has had an abortion, reaffirm them. Let them know, let them know that they're still a good person let them know that you're there for them. You may not even have to say anything. They might not want you to say anything, but just be there in your presence. Just being there reaffirms them, reaffirms that they're in a safe place. Yeah, definitely. So at the end of our episode, we always ask our guests if they have any takeaways for our listeners. So do you have any takeaways? I do. I have so many, but... um, (laughs) One of the takeaways that I really would um, like to leave with the listeners is just know that it is possible to get the healing that you need. And we spoke on this earlier, but just be open to the possibility. Allow Allow yourself permission to dream and envision what life would look like if you took the step to get the healing that you need. Because we still have to live our life, but we can live our life while healing. It's not two separate things. I don't live life and get healing separate. Mm -hmm. I can still live my life and heal. I can still start my business and heal. I can still write my book and heal. Remember that you can still live life and heal at the same time. Nice. Donika, do you have anything to add? No, I love your presence, Latoya. I can, I feel it. It's very common. And then also just like the things that you are saying, like Myra, Myra was kind of like speaking on is, it's very like realistic where you're not speaking a whole bunch of like jargon at me or to our listeners. Like it's understandable and it's, it feels real. Uh, Thank you. Yes. That's one of my things. Cause I was just like, when I was unhealed, I always wish to have like the big words and be like, you know, this eloquent person. But God was like, nah, sis, that's not for you. I need you to just be simple, make it plain so that my my people can understand it. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's all. That's all we really want is to, we just want to understand. We don't want people to sound a certain way. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for your time. And we'll be dropping this episode next week. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been amazing. Of course. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you.
so y'all Myra had this idea that we kind of share what we've been listening to as far as music wise and I was trying to let her know I listen to music every day I'm an R&B head mainly like old school right but um what I've been listening to is this artist her name is Inaya Lemes I think that's how you pronounce it she got this song called Sugar Daddy um and she pretty much story tells in all her songs like and she can really sing but you know, it's basically about having a sugar daddy, but the song is dope. That's my song. So that's something I like listen to every day. <laughs> what about you, Myra? Um, so besides I honestly listen to trap music. If they talk oh. about gangbanging and drug dealing, that's what I love doing. Oh. <laughs> but on another note, I'm not gonna talk about that. So <laughs> no, talk about it. Talk about it. Cause I, mean, I know. A lot of people don't know. So when they get in my car, they just be like, oh, my goodness. Like, one of my friends was just like, can we please listen to R&B? Like, can we not listen to trap music? And I was like, okay. But, um, yeah, but what I've been listening to lately. So besides the trap music, I love Sade, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind & Fire. That's typically what I listen to. Um, oh, you a soul. You got soul. I love soul music. Like, it does, especially when you sing it out loud. Like, I was telling my friend, just look up an NDRE song and sing it out loud, and you just have, like, this whole experience. Like, it's unlike any other. Yeah. But, since this is a healing podcast, I want to talk about Janae Aiko's album. Um, and you can go on her Instagram, and she breaks down how each song touches on different chakras. Um, so she utilized, like, sound bowl healing um, for her music. And so, for example, her song Triggered, um, it's supposed to help with the third eye chakra and with the root chakra. Um, and then her other song, Pussy Fairy, um, which is really popular, that one is also for the sacral chakra and the third eye chakra. So it's supposed to like get you in the mood. That's the sacral chakra is, you know, down there. So that's supposed to like help you feel good when it comes to pleasure. Um, and then the third eye chakra. But um, yeah, you can go on her Instagram and she kind of like breaks it down. Um, which is really, really cool. Cause I was like, I feel things when I listen to her music, but I feel like I feel things in all songs. So when she posted this, I was like, okay, I'm not tripping. Um, so, so yeah, deep. I would definitely put that up. That's deep. I didn't even know that about about her, that album. And she just, she just got that. Like you said, every time I listen to any of her songs, I really do feel something. So it's nice to kind of have like a guide, mm-hmm. like to kind of be like, okay, is this what's kind of going on? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a big Janae Aiko fan. Like, I love all her music. Um, so, yeah. Did you listen to her last album? No, I just know little songs here and there. But for sure, that Trigger song, every woman especially, <laughs> black woman was triggered. <laughs> like, everybody, right? <laughs> but um, but we, you also, Myra, you got to go ahead and tell us your favorite trap song, too. We want to know. <laughs> So I love some Young Dolph. I love Gucci Mane. Um, but let me think. What's Gucci, my... you a Gucci fan? So I was just telling my boyfriend, I was like, as soon as Gucci Mane got out of jail, he was at the club, and I was in that thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love Gucci Mane. I like his old stuff. That's funny. I'm so shocked, but like, yeah, I love. Um... So there's, <laughs> if y'all have Spotify, it's this thing called Rap Caviar. And it basically, like, puts out, like, all the new hot music at the time. Um, so I stay on Rap Caviar. If you go through my music, you would think I'm crazy. Because it's just, like, so along the spectrum. It's, like, very chill music. Then it's just, like, trap music. But, hmm, 
I'm trying to think what would be like my favorite. I don't know. I like One Take J. Um, one Take J? Yeah. Ghetto ass music, but I love it. Uh, I'm trying to think what's a song I like. So, Kaylin For Real, For Real, he has a song called oh. Baby. I like that song. It's, it's Kaylin For Real, For Real? Yeah. He actually went to SCSU. Um, so I know is his, is his stuff on like title as in like SoundCloud. I think it's on everything. Oh snap! I gotta let me put some of this stuff on my phone. Okay, I never heard the Kalen for real for real. You said he went to SDSU. Uh huh. He was a year um behind me. Wow. Okay. So my all time favorite um trap artists are rap artists would be RJ, which is like if you're from LA, like you know who RJ is. It's very very ratchet music. But yeah. <laughs> oh, well, let me search. It's just RJ. RJ, Mr. LA. <gasps> oh. Yeah. I, he came to San Diego three times within a course of one month. Why did I go all three times? <laughs> <laughs> and so you be you be going to these club appearances and uh, concerts too. Uh huh. And it's so funny when I run into people. They be like, "You listen to this?" And I just be like, "Yeah." <laughs> I gotta see this. I'm just imagining you like at a Gucci Man concert talking about uh, I'm trying to, what is it like, bird? <laughs> Girl, I was front row. I think I like lost my friends because I was so close to the stage. Yeah, I was like, no, he just got out of jail. Like, mm-mm. Oh, and by the way, we're talking about Gucci Man. People were on my head because I said I prefer his book over Becoming and I'm gonna still stand strong and say I still love Gucci Man's autobiography over Becoming. What you gonna do? Girl, I gotta go read the autobiography. Maybe that's the book. That's the book. That's go, y'all go uh, read the book, y'all. <laughs> it's very well written. It's a great book. Um, I just struggle with, and drop a comment or leave us a message, a DM, something about how y'all felt about becoming because I did not enjoy it. I enjoyed the Netflix series or the Netflix series. With, with, with Michelle Obama, right? Yeah. If you want to oh. read, read it. But if you want to have something that's going to intrigue you, anything Maya Angelou anything gucci man there you go gotta bounce it out right yeah so thank y'all for listening today we know it was a it could be a sensitive sensitive topic doesn't always have to be but we want to normalize um these types of topics and we also want to validate our audience and listeners to know that you know you're not in it by yourself um and you can reach out to us you can reach out to latoya like we're here for y'all most definitely All right, y'all, that's it for this week's episode, and we'll talk with y'all later.